0: Thank you for listening to the Soul City Church podcast. Be sure to follow us on our Facebook and Instagram at Soul City Church. For more information, visit us on our website, SoulCityChurch.com. Glad you're here. My name is Jared. I'm one of the uh, lead pastors here, and uh, I am so, so, so grateful that you are here. Yeah, we started this last week uh, talking about waiting. And uh, before we get into the message today, actually, here's what I want you to do. Uh, I want you to just give us a little shout out. All right. So before we get into waiting and talking about that, like, where are you at? Give yourself a shout out right now. This is like, this is all crazy that we're not together, that we are in living through this historic time. So would you just let us know where you're at? Just kind of right now in the comments, whatever platform you're watching on, would you just say, hey, I'm watching from here? Hey, I'm here. Just so we can kind of get a sense of where everyone's at. And if you're here in Chicago, let us know what neighborhood you're actually watching from. We just want to know where our church is at. And what's been amazing over the last couple of weeks is to see how our church has moved literally all over the world. So whatever platform you're on, Let us know where you're at. And and all throughout the message, uh, if you like, because, you know, like I'm used to doing this with you here. And so if there's any point where you want to say amen, just type it in all caps into the comments, whatever you're watching on, just give me an amen or a a yes or something like that, and then I'll see them later. But the point is, we want to engage with you as you are gathering with us literally around the world. Uh, last week, we actually kicked off our How to Win at Waiting series with a conversation we had with our friend Kyle Corver, NBA veteran and founder here at Soul City Church. And it was so, so good to have Kyle with us talking about how he is choosing to win at waiting. And if you missed it, you should definitely go back on our YouTube page or our podcast and check that out. Now, listen, I want to be honest. We all have to be honest about something right now. We are all playing the waiting game. We're all waiting for life to, to get back to normal and, and wondering what that even means. What does normal even mean anymore? We're waiting for testing and for treatment for this deadly virus. We're, we're waiting to be able to see family and friends again, right? We're waiting just to be able to go out on the lakefront again. Yeah, Lori, we know. We, Lori, we know. We got it. Thank you. Yes, we, we trust you. We got it. Thank you. You get the idea, right? basically what is happening here. And this is truly unprecedented. We cannot say that enough because there are two things that are simultaneously true for just about everyone on the planet right now. And those two things are this. Every one of us is waiting and none of us likes waiting. (laughs) Every one of us is waiting and none of us, no one likes waiting. And, And there's data to actually prove it. Do you know that you'll actually spend an average of two years of your life just waiting in line? And that doesn't even include the DMV. You'll spend 43 days, 43 days of your life on hold. It's actually 432 days if you're a Comcast customer, so that's incredible. This year, in fact, just this year, so forget about life, just this year in Chicago alone, motorists will spend three days in traffic. If you're a commuter and you drive to work, the average Chicagoan will spend three days in traffic. No one likes waiting. And in the middle of writing the sermon, I got to experience it personally. I was in the middle of writing and saw the little update thing pop up my computer. I thought, oh, okay, well, that's just a quick update. It's not a big one. It'll just take a minute. And so I did the update. And 45 minutes later, it still wasn't updated And so I just want you, our church, to know that I spent that entire time praying, all 45 minutes, just just praying while that computer updated. Right? Everyone has to wait. No one ever likes to wait. And if you ever wondered why that is, why is that such a universal thing that none of us actually likes to wait? It's because we're wired as human beings to do something, right? We wanna be able to do something, anything to get by or to get through all of this waiting, whatever it is that you're waiting for. So the thing I want you to think about this weekend is simply this, just this kind of frames our conversation. Just think about it this way. What do you do about the things you can't do anything about? Because so often when we're waiting, that's what's going on. What do you do about the things you can't do anything about? What do you do about those things? How do you handle those things? How do you handle the fact that you are now working from home? You didn't make that choice. I mean, some of us were already working from home, but a lot of us, that's just the thing. Nothing you could do about that. What do you do about that? Or what do you do about the fact that you've lost your job recently? Probably would not have chosen that, right? But you are out of work. That's not something you would have chosen. Or that you became a homeschool teacher overnight. Probably not a decision you would have made. Or that our economy is in such an uncertain place, an unstable place right now or that you're just forced right now to wait? What do you do about the things that you can't do anything about? Contrary to what you might think about the waiting game that we're all in right now, there actually is something that you can do. There is something that you and I can do that all of us can do. Something that has the power, I believe, to transform how you see and experience everything. And it's not something out there, it's actually something in here. Something that anyone who is in relationship with God can actually do today. And it's my hope that it will become like a spiritual shift for you that will change the way you go about these days so that you could actually begin to win at waiting. Now, so for you to win, for you to experience this spiritual shift There's something you have to understand right off the bat, right? To frame this whole conversation on waiting. And that's simply this. God is incredibly comfortable with waiting. Like he's not only comfortable with it, he likes it. God does some of his best work while we are waiting. It's because God is just on a completely different timetable than you are, than I am. The truth is God invented time and he's just not bound by it like we are. He sees the bigger picture that we just simply can So waiting doesn't bother God at all. While we think in terms of days and weeks and months and years, God thinks in terms of eternity. He has a completely different perspective. And this is what Peter was getting at, one of those first followers of Jesus, when he wrote in 2 Peter 3.8. He kind of framed this idea for us. He said, don't forget this one thing. Please don't miss this, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years. And a thousand years is like a day to God. What a concept that a day is like a thousand years. A thousand years is like a day to God. He just sees time differently. It reminds me of the story of the investment banker who had read this verse, 2 Peter 3.8, and he was fascinated by it. So he decided to ask God about it. And so he went to God and he asked God, Lord, is it true that a thousand years from me is just like one minute to you? And much to his surprise, God answered and said, yes, it's true. So the investment maker said, well, then by that logic, God, a million dollars to me must be just like a penny to you. And God replied again and said, well, yes, by that logic, I suppose that is true too. So then the investment maker went all in and he said, well, then Lord, will you give me just one of those pennies? And God replied, all right, I will. But you're going to need to wait here for just one minute. See, obviously God is okay with waiting, and obviously, we are not. And much of that can be boiled down to the fact that we look at waiting as something that is happening to us, not something we would choose. It's something that's happening to me, something that I, I didn't choose, I didn't have any say over, something that I can't control, something that I can't do anything about. And the, what, there's a term for this, and it's, and it's called victim mentality or victim consciousness. See I believe that most folks you and me included live most of our lives and view most of their circumstances through what psychologists would call a victim mentality or a victim consciousness it's the belief that life is at my life is at the effect of outside forces right? Does that make sense? My life is at the effect of all those things out there. It's not me, it's my spouse. It's not me, it's my boss. It's not me, it's just the single men in Chicago, like literally all of the single men in Chicago, right? You get this idea, right? And I want to unpack this a little bit, but I do want to say something very clear as best I can from my heart first. When we're talking about a victim mentality, Victim consciousness. I think a lot of us live in that space, but that is very different from being the victim of something like abuse or divorce, where you suffer at the effect of someone else's choices and what they've done to you. I'm not talking about that. That is very real. And there is real help for that. There is hope for that. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a bigger picture, victim mentality or victim consciousness, where I just believe that everything is out to get me or I'm at the effect of everything. I just want to be really clear and make sure that we all get to that. So let me just unpack this and what this actually means when we talk about a victim mentality or victim consciousness and why it's so important for you to win at the waiting game. I'm going back to the flip chart. Haven't been to the flip chart in a couple months. We're going back to the flip chart. This is you. Looks just like you. And when you live in a victim mentality, basically what you are believing is that everything is happening to you, right? All these outside forces that you can do nothing about are affecting you. And if there's a word when you're stuck in the victim mentality, that word is to. All of this is happening to me. All of these outside forces that I can do nothing about, all are against me, happening to me. Do you get, that's what we're talking about when we talk about a victim mentality or victim consciousness. It's a lot bigger, like a lot more of us spend a lot more time in that space. And Chicagoans are great at this, right? Chicagoans are so great at this. Just think about the weather, how often we complain about the weather. You know, shelter at home wouldn't be so bad if it would just stop snowing in April, right? If it weren't for Jerry Krause, then maybe the Bulls could have another championship under the, like another ring, like, right? right? You get how this works. On a more personal note, just think about it. I would be more productive if I didn't have to go to all these Zoom meetings. I would would be way better if I didn't have to go to all these Zoom meetings and spend all this time in meetings talking about the things that we're going to do. And if I didn't have to spend all this time trying to come up with creative backgrounds for every one of those Zoom meetings, right? I would be a better parent if I didn't have all these kids in my house. These kids are keeping me from being a better parent, right? I would totally already have my summer body if it weren't for shelter at home. I mean, COVID-19 is taking on a whole new meaning, right? I would if that's at the effect of life is happening to me. And the reason so many people spend so much of their lives in this space is because simply this and don't miss this. It lets you off the hook of having to take any personal responsibility. As long as it's out there happening to me, there's nothing I can do about it. It's just the way it is. It's not me, it's them. It's the Democrats, or it's the Republicans, or it's the president, or it's the governor, or it's my boss, or it's my spouse, or it's my kids, or it's this virus. You get, you get the idea, right? And, and what I believe is that while most of us live most of our lives believing that life is happening to us, I believe God's inviting you into completely different spiritual mentality when it comes to waiting a completely different spiritual perspective. In fact, it's a different way of looking at reality itself. God is offering you something that you can actually do when you feel like there's nothing you can do. It is a spiritual shift that Paul talks about in Romans chapter 8. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to grab a Bible. If you have an actual physical Bible, here's our Soul City Bible, grab an actual physical Bible and turn to Romans chapter 8. All right, Romans chapter eight. If you don't have a physical Bible with you, you can grab a phone or open it up in another tab. Just go to Romans chapter eight. Let me give you some quick context as to Romans chapter eight. This is one of my like favoritest chapters in the Bible. Like if if you had to do it, this is Bible nerd talk. If you had to do a top 10 list of favorite chapters, of the Bible Romans 8 makes that list for me and it is one of the most theologically thick chapters in the Bible Paul is is painting a picture for us a better way of understanding or giving context to our present suffering and setbacks he's giving context spiritual context to whatever it is that we are walking through in light of future glory in light of an eternal perspective in light of who Jesus is and what he's already done it changes the way I look at all those things that are happening to me. So this is what it says. Let's turn to Romans chapter 8, verse 31. And it simply says this. It says that, uh, let me get to it in my notes. What then shall we say in response to these things? What do we say in response to these things? To all these things. If God is for us, who can be against us? What do we say in light of all of these things that we're facing? If God is for us, who can be against us? Here's what I want you to do. I want to keep the verse up for just a second because I forgot to give you the ground rules. Now, when, you know, when we talk about this in church, when we read a verse and I pause on a word, I want you to shout it out. So I want you to shout it out wherever you're watching from, from the couch, from the table, from wherever you're watching from, but put it in the comments as well. Would you put it in the comments like, and this is how I know you're with me, like put it in all caps, right? Given all caps. So I'm going to read that verse again and I want you to like shout the word out in the comments in all caps. Does that make sense? Awesome, I'm just assuming that that makes sense to you. It says this, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is what? If God is for us, I start to see that happen in the comments right now, then who can be against us? If God is for us, then what could possibly come against us? See, whatever it is that you and I are actually waiting our way through or are working our way through during this time, all the things that we feel are out there against us are actually all given context in light of the fact that whatever they may be, however big they may seem, they are never more powerful than God. That's huge no matter how big or how significant or how global they may seem, they are never bigger than or more powerful than God. No matter how overwhelming they may feel to you, they can simply never overpower God. No matter what you are up against, this is powerful truth. God is already for you. No matter what feels like it's against you, what you're up against, God is for you. Jump down to verse 35. I wanna keep going and unpacking Romans chapter eight. Verse 35 says this, So who shall separate us from the love of Christ? What could possibly ever separate you from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardships or persecution or famine or nakedness or sweatpants or athleisure or danger or sword? What can possibly separate you from the love of God? Shall a pandemic? Shall the loss of a job or an uncertain future or having to work from home or a crippling sense of fear? or deepening depression, or social isolation? Do any of those things have the power to separate you from the reality of God's love? Are any of those things bigger than or more powerful than God's love? Paul actually gives us the answer and it's found down in, in verse 37. Jump down to verse 37 and this is what he says. What does Paul say? no, no. No, in fact, in all these things, we are actually more than, what's the word, type it out, all caps, more than conquerors. Come on I love those who are playing along right now in the comments, thank you. We are actually more than conquerors through him who loved us. So this is the spiritual shift that allows you to actually win at waiting. This is it. It's when you stop looking at life through the lens of a victim, Victim mentality. This is so hard. There's nothing I can do. This is all happening to me, right? When you stop looking at life or this season that we all find ourselves in from a victim mindset and start living from a victory mindset, huge shift. You start living from a victory mindset because of what Christ has done, because of what he has overcome. I am not a victim. I want to just say that again because I wanted it to rhyme a little bit better, but it doesn't quite work, but I'm going to make it rhyme. Just hold tight. This is what it is. Because of what Christ has done, because of what he's overcome, I am not a victim. Is that better? Does that work? I get to share in his victory. In other words, and this may be something you actually want to jot down. In other words, Christ's victory frees me from a victim mentality. Whew. You might want to jot that down. I mean, that's, that, I work pretty hard on that. Christ's victory, what he's done, frees me from a victim mentality. I don't have to stay stuck in a victim mentality. Listen, do not miss this. Even in the face of sickness and death, even in the midst of a pandemic, Even as you sit stuck at home playing the waiting game, you are actually not a victim. You get to share in the victory of the one who defeated death, who can save you from your sin, who can actually give you life, real life, even as death surrounds you. It doesn't mean that that those things don't happen, bad things, hardships, setbacks. It doesn't mean that those things don't happen. It doesn't mean that we don't experience those in life. It just means that those things don't get the final word. They don't get to win. That's what it means to share in the victory of what Christ has done. That's what Paul's getting at here. And he goes down to finish on this power-packed chapter in verse 38. Maybe you've heard this verse before. What a beautiful, powerful reminder this is. He says, for I am convinced. There's nothing in this world that can convince me otherwise. I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons nor the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Did you get that? There is nothing, nothing, nothing that can separate you from the love of God that God has for you. Nothing that can happen to you can ever separate you from the love of God. Nothing that has happened to you, nothing that you've done can ever separate you from the one who sent his son to love, to extend his love to you, to be in relationship with you. There's nothing, no highest high or no lowest low no tanking economy, no elected official, no loss of work or loss of income, no pandemic, nothing. Nothing comes at you that can ever separate you from the love of God. And if you've been around here for a little bit, you've heard me say this before. If you're new around here, you know, this is probably the first time you've heard this. If not, you've heard me say this before. And it's just simply this. Christ in you is greater than anything that comes at you. Man, think about that for a second. The days that we're walking through. Christ in me is actually greater than anything that comes at me. Anything that comes at me. In other words, you're not a victim. You actually have a choice which mindset you will choose. Today, this week, during this season, however long it may last. This, the, the choices that you make about this mindset today honestly d- d- will determine so much about your life on the other side of this. So what that means is that you get to choose to spiritually shift from life happening to you to life happening through you. And it's a completely, completely different Mindset. Let me go back to the whiteboard for just a second here, all right? So we understand what a victim mentality is, right? All this life is happening to me. But what we're invited to and what Paul is getting at in Romans chapter eight is a completely different mentality, right? Where we actually get to see God do things through me that I get to actually experience the life he has for me. And it's not just for me, that it actually pours out of me and begins to affect others. And if to is the word of a victim mentality, then through is the word for a victory mentality. Big difference, right? In to me, where life is all happening to me, guess who's the center of the universe? Just look at the picture, me. Right? It's all, it's all me. I'm actually, it's all happening to me. All these things. Why do bad things keep happening to you? Why does this keep happening? I'm the center of the universe. But when I move to a victory through Jesus mentality, he becomes the center. Christ becomes the center and then begins to flow through my everyday life. And just as when I'm in a victim mentality, I believe the world is against me. When I move to a victory mentality in Christ, I actually get to bless the world because Christ is working in me And through me, totally different way of living. Don't you, like basically, through me is just way better, right? Through me is way better than to me. Wouldn't you agree? Life, like Christ in me, working through me is just so much better than life always happening to me. Why do bad things always happen to you? Why do hard things always? Why do I have to be going through this if it weren't for this, if it weren't for that? It's just a better way to live. What this means is that I don't actually have to waste this waiting. I don't have to waste this season. It's not a waste. I can actually win at waiting when I begin to live as Christ is working through me. It means that each new day is yet another reminder that God still loves you. Wait, like you woke up this morning. You have breath in your lungs. And I get it. The world may feel like it's falling apart around you, but you're still here. That is evidence that God still loves you. And that every day, every circumstance, every setback is an opportunity for you to experience the love of God in a new way. It's an opportunity for you to be transformed. It's an opportunity for you to actually begin to trust God more. It's an opportunity for you to begin to share God's love with others, to actually be the light of God and the love of Jesus with others. Again, I wanna be really clear. It doesn't mean that I don't have setbacks and challenges and losses, things to grieve in my life. I do, you do, we will. But what it means is that they are not all that there is. That's not all that they are. There is more. What it means is that I'm actually empowered by the power of Christ in me to live into his victory. And everything that's actually happening to me is actually just an opportunity for Christ to work in me and through me. Whatever it may be that I was, oh, it's happening to me. No, that's an opportunity for Christ to work in me and then through me. And again, doesn't that just sound like a better way of living? This last, I think it was two weeks ago, I was stuck in to me. I was stuck in victim space everything, everything was happening to me. Oh, we have too many meetings, too many Zoom calls. I can't, I used to write on these days. Now I can't write and study, you know, and work on these sermons on these days. And oh man, I was wanting to do this thing, but now I can't do it. We're supposed to be going on a family trip that now is canceled. I mean, I was just, you you name it, it was happening to me. That's just where I was stuck. And I'm in a small group where we kind of do this work and I was just sharing with the group, you know, I was kind of just trying to get people on my side, right? Like, can't you see? It's really hard being me right now. Can't you see? It's so hard to be me right now. And I was trying to get them on my side and through the process of them holding a mirror up to me and and letting me see just how stuck I was in this to me victim sort of mentality. It gave me the space to realize that I'd been going so fast and so hard as we've flipped our staff, our team has completely changed everything we do as a church. Jean and I have changed how we've parented. We've changed our, our marriage, the way we do marriage. Like date nights are very different when the kids are you know, in the basement. Like this is very different. Everything happens so big, so much, so fast that I hadn't actually even stopped for a minute to grieve. To just grieve that, to just grieve how much life has changed, to just cry just express my fear. I, I realized that I all this fear about the future that I was just holding on to and where I was channeling it was that everything was gonna happen. All these bad things are happening to me. All this is happening to me or might happen to our kids. I mean, it wasn't even about things that were happening. It's things that might happen to me, right? I was like futurizing my victimness. Like this might happen and this might happen. What if this happens? And finally, just for a couple of minutes, I stopped and began to cry and just say, okay, God, is that really true? Is it really true that these things actually have the power to overpower you? Is it true that these things that I feel like are all coming at me are actually greater than you in me? And I decided in that moment to just, for that day, and then I've tried as best I can every day, to make a little spiritual shift and to just say, no, actually, no, 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 no. No, I actually believe that I get to claim a victory that I didn't win, but I get to own. I get to take a part in. I actually get to have a different spiritual perspective. I I get to actually see life beyond just this present moment and these present circumstances. And I don't know about you, but I need to be reminded of that daily. I need to be reminded about that daily, that I'm not a victim, that I actually get to claim the victory of Jesus that we just read about in Romans chapter eight. And so I came up with a simple little homework assignment that I would love for you to do this week. And uh, it's really simple. It takes a post-it note and a pen. And what I would love for you to do is write one or two or three or a couple of these little post-it notes, just write on there, through me. Just write through me. It's a reminder that God actually wants to work in you and through you. And that every setback circumstance you may be facing actually could be an opportunity for you to be transformed and for God to work in you and through you. And here's what I want you to do. Just write as big as you can, through me, and then put it wherever you need to be reminded. Right? Maybe one of the best places for you to do is to put it right on the TV. Every time you watch the news, you can start to feel so overwhelmed. Oh my gosh, this is all happening to me. No, no, no. That's not the whole of the story. God actually wants to work through me. Maybe you need to put it on your laptop. So every Zoom meeting that you're sitting in, oh man, it's another Zoom meeting. No, no, no. God actually wants to work through me in this moment. I have a bigger perspective. I get to claim a victory that's already been won through Jesus. The battle's already been won. I get to hold on to that. I get to claim that. Maybe you need to put it in the kitchen, wherever it may be. There may be a couple of these all over your house. And just, these are gonna be a little reminders to you that you don't have to stay stuck in a to me victim mentality, but you get to actually be in a through me victory mentality because of who Jesus is and what he's done. And I think it'd be so fun to take little pictures of this to actually be able to post them on social, like where you put them, what you wrote on them. That would be such a beautiful thing for us to be able to do. So I want to encourage you to write that down, take some pictures of that. But what I want to do is actually pray for you. And I want us to be reminded in worship that we get to be a part of a bigger picture. We get to see a bigger story. And so I'm going to pray for us right now. And I would love for you to join me in prayer. If you would close your eyes. I know it seems a little weird. If you're sitting at home, you're sitting on the couch, but would you actually take a second and close your eyes? we're just gonna pray and rest in the reality of the victory that's already been won. Let's pray together right now. Jesus, thank you for what Paul was getting in Romans chapter eight, and what you're inviting us into in this very moment through the season of waiting. You're actually inviting us to claim the victory that's already been won through you. That battle's already been won. And in fact, because you defeated sin and death, there's nothing in this world that can ever come at us that's greater than you in us. And so Jesus, we wanna just be reminded of that. God, we need I feel like I need to be reminded of that every single day. I just need to be reminded that you actually are working in me and that you wanna work through me. And I don't have to just sort of hold my breath to get through this. I don't have to just kind of white knuckle my way through however long this season may be, but you are actually wanting to do a work in me and through me in the midst of this season that none of us would have ever chosen. So help us to get that today, we pray. Help us to catch that, to be able to even say, hallelujah, God, I have a bigger perspective. I I get a glimpse at the world through God's eyes. The battle has actually already been won. Help us to claim that today, we pray in your name.